0: Hi there. Welcome to The Preventable, the podcast giving you a seat at the table with conversations about the intersection of alcohol, drugs, and mental health in everyday lives. Take a seat and join us.
1: Welcome to The Preventable. Hi. Well, thanks for having me. And here with me today is Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is the executive director of KUTO, K-U-T-O, which stands for kids under 21. Yep. We have known each other... Well, we've worked alongside each other for, gosh, probably close to 15 years when we well, added we, up.
0: We, well, you know, we were neighbors I, I from do. the very beginning. Yes. And so, from uh, you, you were my front door neighbor, and I was your back door neighbor. It's true. Um, right there in Brentwood. So it's true. It's, we've been in, in that space in Brentwood for 26 years. Wow. So, how long have you been with, with Kudo? I've been with KUTO since um, the late 1980s, okay. like 19 mid-1990s, so a very long time. Um, I actually was part of moving the agency to the location that we have there in Brentwood. We had been in some shared space with one of our board members, and you know, at, at some point you just have to say, we're either going to do this like grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, what does it mean to be a grown-up? I I don't know. I'm kind of not there yet myself. But,
0: you know, really sort of take it um, legitimately. Mm -hmm. And instead of just being, you know, um, a nonprofit that was operating on donated everything, you eventually have to sort of take that step of we're going to really try to make a a place for ourselves in the community, um, be a destination place. We also have a telephone hotline that we train volunteers and that's where the hotlines housed as well so we needed a space that would work not only as an office and a gathering place but also that we could house our hotline at
1: well and so that's how so now I'm going to date myself so that's when I first heard of KUTO was in high school I had several friends who would volunteer and and human your hotline Mm -hmm. and in case people are not familiar Tell folks a little bit about what your what your organization's mission is. Sure,
0: um, our our mission, KUTO Kids Under Twenty One, is to support young people who are in crisis, and that crisis can be having a bad day, all the way up to having feelings of not wanting to live anymore. So we sort of uh, circle our programs around crisis intervention and suicide prevention, and suicide is kind of a hot button right now. Actually, this month, the month of September, is Suicide Prevention Month. This is actually the Suicide Prevention Week. Friday is going to be Suicide Prevention Day. It's almost like we planned <laughs>
1: your visit accordingly. Do you
0: think that happened? Weird. Mm. Weird. It's like, it's, yep, exactly. But uh, uh, so all of our work is, is in that sort of realm of, of crisis and, and helping kids around crisis. We were founded by friends and family of a young man that died by suicide and so, you know, given that was 25 plus years ago, and we're still having these conversations around how can we help kids feel more connected, more valuable, more validated, more um, contributors to our, our community and society at large, um, we need to start doing a better job of helping kids find ways to help themselves through difficult times. And that's Kids Under 21's tagline, Teens Helping Teens Help Themselves. And we were one of the first agencies that really picked up the, the topic of suicide. Mm. It was really taboo for right, such a long time. Right. Um, just as addiction yep. and substance misuse um, has been for such a long time. And I think it's a little interesting that the field of suicide has kind of followed the developments of addiction and, and substance um, use and abuse. Because um, we know that it's not, a pro- it's, it, it's not a fault that needs to be fixed. Right. That it's related to what's going on in the environment, situations, relationships. And uh, thoughts or feelings of suicide is very much the same as substance use. You're trying to push down pain. Yes. You're trying to escape feelings that are so burdensome and so overwhelming and so filled with despair that there seems to be no hope other than this um, behavior uh, which will make things go away or get better. So I think that there's a real strong connection between suicide prevention and addiction and and substance um, use. So um, we just really feel strongly that the more skills that you can give students sooner than later, the better prepared they're going to be to make good choices, to have good coping strategies, to feel good about themselves. Um, When I first got involved with kids under 21, we were working really just with high school students Mm -hmm. and predominantly 11th and 12th graders. That's
1: the friends that I had in high school. That's when they started kind of humaning the hotline.
0: Yeah. And so it, it was sort of like, you know, there's an old parable of um, somebody that goes to the river and they see people floating down the river. The fence or the ambulance. And they're like, why are these people in the river? Let's start pulling them out Mm -hmm. instead of walking up the the shores to figure out why they're getting in the river in the first place. Exactly. And so the telephone hotline was one of the first things that we started doing. Because we know, know peers they listen I mean, to they each listen other. to
1: each other. Right.
0: And they're they're more reliable resources. The perception is they're more reliable resources. And we really at kids under twenty one felt like, well if we're gonna allow and honor kids helping kids, we need to give them good information. We need to make sure that they have the, the right knowledge and that they have the right um, ability yes. to be persuasive and helpful yes. and supportive. That's sort of where the hotline came in. And we were really lucky. We got connected with Life Crisis Services, mm-hmm. which has now um, transformed into Provident Behavioral Health, one of the oldest telephone hotlines in the United States.
1: It's really a pillar. It, Provident is, is a pillar. They, they, the they are huge yeah. in,
0: in the community and they're so well respected across the United States. And we got in with them and... We saw the success that they were having with their hotline, and we're like, we think kids can do this, too. And, of course, there was that, well, you know, how can you trust mm-hmm, kids to do things like mm-hmm. this? And if, Would you be,
1: like, traumatizing those kids who are serving as the peer helpers? How are you going to monitor that? All of that. Right? Yeah,
0: that same you've, – you've had the same conversation because you work with kids, yes. too. And what, what we kept saying was, no, if you give them the training and you give them the opportunity to use the training, they will flourish. And so that's what happened for us. Um, The hotline was really the the first thing that we launched. When I um, became involved with the organization, that's when we really started broadening out into the uh, community at large and doing school-based work. Right. Um, Sort of, you know, trying to figure out – I always like to say I'm trying to put myself out of a job. Oh, my gosh. Are we (laughs) the same person? Because that is literally what I
1: say. Like, when I used to go into the classroom, I would say, please – I really want to retire early. Mm-hmm. Like, if if we could just figure out some maybe healthier ways to cope as a society, yep. I would be retired very early. I mean, I feel like I look very good with a suntan. I would be great <laughs> on a beach somewhere. So right. what, what does success look like for you? I mean, I think it would be easy to say, you know, that that suicide rates in the state of Missouri and in your target area are zero. Well, I don't know that that's realistic. So, what does success look like for you personally, Elizabeth?
0: That's a great I- That's a great question and a good idea too, because I think that your your um, notion of zero is 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 something that should be attainable. In fact, there is a an initiative called Zero, zero Suicide. suicide. Mm-hmm. You, we can like just bounce off each I other, know. right? I, know. I start something and you finish it. <laughs> um, but Zero Suicide is an initiative to really um, make systemic changes. Um, to help people um, sooner than later, it's all about prevention. It's all about prevention, and and most uh, they're in uh, most hospital systems is sort of where zero suicide first kicked off. So, um, hospital systems aren't uh, historically preventative; mm-hmm. they're you know they interventions. Treat. Yep. They treat. So it's really a, an innovative approach to to add that element to it. But success for us is. Um, That's a great question. Success for us, honestly, is when we don't have kids calling our hotline. Mm -hmm. Exactly. When um, I'm handing out telephone hotline cards, 40,000 at a time, and I know that kids have these in their hands and they're not calling us. And you do your best work when nothing happens, right? Yes, That's exactly with us as well. well that's, the, that's the difficult part of measuring prevention because the whole key is zero, right? You, want, you don't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. We don't want those calls. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do find, though, is that the calls that we get are, are high priority. They're kids that have um, tried to get help. They have done what they can to help themselves or mm-hmm. they've gone to their friends to get help, and they are I don't want to say we're their last ditch, but they know that we're a place that they can come to to help them brainstorm, to help them figure out what is doable for them in that moment.
1: So we had some teens on. I, I want to like, like really... I have two questions that are specifically related to teenagers. So one is around this idea of performative activism. We had two teens on, and I've heard from several others, that are really struggling with teens going on TikTok or going on Instagram and making these outward asks for assistance, but then maybe not actually um, following up for help. Or they'll say, well, why will you go on TikTok and ask for help and show yourself crying, but when I reach out to you, you're not opening up to me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very easy to just say, oh, they're being performative. Right. And when I was in high school, we had several of my classmates who attempted um, suicide and people would shrug it off and say, well, they're just crying for attention. Mm -hmm. And that has to be something that really gets under your skin.
0: It does, because I believe that whatever behavior somebody engages in that draws attention to them, there's a reason that they need that attention. Um, And I think that there is needs to be there's a fine line between attention and intention and when we're talking about suicide you really want to look at what is the intent of the behavior is the intent to draw attention to yourself by way of your emotional distress or is the intent to find a way to escape a circumstance and situation that you feel is uncontrollable and that um you are um inconsolable mm-hmm. by that situation mm-hmm. and, and you and you've
1: tried other things mm-hmm. and it it doesn't seem to be working and mm-hmm. and that's when you find that teens are really reaching out to to you all
0: yes and and I also feel that there is um there's still the I don't like to use the word stigma because I think that it just gets thrown around because stigma is really fear and discrimination. People It's are discrimination. Afraid. That's what it is. People are afraid to ask for help because they're afraid they're going to be discriminated against. So to your TikTok story, I think that there's so much um, attention that people get from from TikTok from putting themselves out there and they're perceived as, oh, you're so brave for being so vulnerable and putting yourself out there. But then when you don't follow up on the help giving or on the resources, it makes people question, you know, really what are your motives here? Are your motives to to bring people to your TikTok station? Right. Um, Or is your motive to try to get help? And so it's that intent piece. What's the intent of the behavior? So
1: you mentioned motives, and I am a firm believer in the power of young people. And Mm -hmm. I also believe that young people have a great, I think I can say it because we're on a podcast a great BS meter
0: mm, oh god yeah. right
1: they can tell from a mile away if your intentions are good if you're genuine if you're here for them or if you're just tokenizing them as a young person
0: mm-hmm.
1: you deal with young people all the time how do you make sure that you are showing up in a way that is received by the young people and not as like as a as a means to an end they're Mm -hmm. not a means to an end for you they they are the means and they are the end right
0: right? so I think the best thing that that I can do in that capacity Nicole is to just be respectful I mean when I go into a classroom to talk to students the first thing that I say to them is I'm not going to be telling you anything you haven't heard before and I think that you probably know this information already. I just wanna make sure that you are comfortable with it and that you recognize the power that you have to help other people. And that kind of is an icebreaker right there, just just letting them know that, hey, I'm not the talking head that knows everything, that's gonna blah, 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 blah like blah, Charlie Brown's teacher uh-huh. at you. And um and I, I seem to get a good deal of respect from students. Um, you know, there's always going to be those students that act up or ask inappropriate questions or don't take it seriously. And, you know, the reality is that's probably the kids that are struggling and that's just their way of asking for that's help. Their,
1: that's <laughs> their coping. That's, that's how they're getting attention. Exactly. And
0: I love that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I just try to be really genuine, really connect with, with them on a – on a, this, I'm 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 here to help you feel more comfortable. I'm here to um, reduce the the fears that you might have to answer any questions that you might have, and th- it seems to be really well received. I I think that, and I have always felt this that that teenagers are just an untapped pot of gold totally that um if we if we give them the respect and and show honor to them to what they have experienced and also what they haven't experienced yet i think it can go really far now i will footnote that by saying you couldn't pay me enough money to be a teenager in 2021 never because never. the things that teenagers are, are coping and managing at at this point in time are so very different than than what you and I, you know, had to try to navigate. Absolutely, And um, I think that one of the things that is kind of the most heartbreaking about adolescent suicide is with all of the resources that we have, how many young people and their families or parents or caregivers are not aware of those resources or are unwilling to take advantage of those resources. And Maybe because I've been in this field for such a long time and I know so many different people um, across the field, I, I just we are a resource-rich community. We are just really poorly connected. And the more that I can play a role as a link of, of pulling people together and sharing that information back out, um, I, I think that that's a success for me. Um, the, the other piece is just recognizing that it really goes against human nature to ask for help. Yes. we're we're not socialized yes. to do that yes and so and, and and not just to ask for help but to actually receive it mhm
1: and and help and support are gifts and not right. everyone is is good at receiving the gift of help
0: because it's not framed as a gift it's framed as here this will this will fix you right and if i think if we sort of move away from and this is the whole trauma informed thing yes if we move away from what's wrong with you to what happened to you, that makes it a totally different conversation. Totally And different. people are much more willing to, to bite on that little piece of um, that invitation that you're offering them. You know, what happened to you? Tell me more about what happened. Making it about you, that person, versus making it about, well, your behavior is bad or you're flunking out of school or, you know, whatever litany of things might be going on in a young person's life. So... I think that that's a success, too, if we're able to help kids, you know, move just a little bit on the willingness to seek help scale, I, I think is huge. And a lot of that, I think, is, is coming from a, adults being more open to asking for help that's and right. seeing how it can be helpful and successful for them. That's right. Um, and not just um, using counseling or therapy as a, you know, the, the glamorous thing that it used to be perceived of is, you know, I'm in therapy and I'm going to be better right. now versus. Uh, right. Uh, it's going to fix it. It's a band-aid. Mm-hmm.
1: So I inherited a five-year-old over COVID and uh, kind of like my stepdaughter. And last night I had a counseling appointment. And beautiful thing about COVID is that now I can really access telehealth mm-hmm. counseling, you know, from anywhere. Right. So I, you know, after we dinner, dinner, cereal, by the way, it's really <laughs> really
0: hey cereals for dinner, really, dinner too. i'm really adulting there's um, no clock on a cereal right,
1: box right so I'm, I'm role modeling really well but um so we have cereal for dinner and then i said okay i you know i would like you to go hang out i'm gonna go upstairs and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to my counselor and i'm not claiming that i'm doing everything right by the way but she goes oh hope hope you have a good time like it wasn't Hope you feel better. Mm-hmm. Hope you, you know, it's like she knows that it's a preventative thing. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, I take vitamins and yep. ju- like that it is one thing. And when I came downstairs, she was like, How was she? Did you guys have fun?
0: It's like, well, it's yeah. it's, it's vitamins for your brain, That's right? That's exactly you know, right. She calls it my head
1: doctor. I'm like, Yeah, basically, it is my head doctor. Right. It's it's
0: whatever. You, but it's you have w- to normalize
1: asking for support and, and, that is something, it's a muscle, though. Like, it, it requires... Practice. Yes, it does.
0: Yeah, you have to practice that. And and so I think that that's um, one of the, the things that KUTO tries to do is to give these opportunities for kids to practice these skills at different points in their yes. academic career. So, you know, in fifth grade, we're going to talk about um, how can we be hopeful and how can we connect with help and how can we identify trusted adults. And in seventh grade, we're going to talk about mental health and emotional wellness and stress anxiety and depression are okay things everybody yes. has them how can we help ourselves stay healthy and in seventh grade we're going to layer in you know more um unhealthy coping strategies not negative we don't ever say no no nope, nope, nope. not negative not bad or, mm-hmm. or it's wrong. just unhealthy unhealthy mm-hmm. and um you know regardless of the age of the student nicole Anytime we bring up so give us a couple of those examples of, of an unhealthy coping strategy. Suicide comes up right away. Yep. They it, 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 it's not something that kids have never heard about Correct. or don't and talk about. And when you about. talk about it,
1: you're not putting thoughts into their brain. Mm-hmm. They're already hearing about it.
0: We're just so addressing it as, addressing as a it. as an honest, serious, genuine situation that we think can be we know can be prevented and we want to help you stay safe. We're just all about staying safe.
1: Elizabeth, if if teenagers want to get involved, if caregivers want to find out how they can support their young people, um, if people just want to learn more, where how do they find you? Where do they go? So
0: this is super simple. Um, Go to our website, and it's KUTO.org. I don't think it gets any simpler than That's that. That's pretty darn simple.
1: <laughs> That's like the easy um, button right there. Yeah,
0: so... From our website, there is information on the programs that we do. There's information on how to volunteer. There's information on mental health and emotional wellness. There's links to all sorts of different resources that are available. And, um, I, you know, www.kuto.org. Go check it out.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth, so much for joining. Thank you. This was um, fun. It was really fun. <laughs> and I would like to have you back to talk about teen mental health first
0: aid, which oh, gosh, is yeah. a
1: related but different topic that I think – you know, I think if it were up to us, we would want it in every single high school oh in the country. Yeah,
0: every, everybody. Yeah. It, just like you have to take a health class. You need That's to take exactly mental right. health first aid as well. So. That's
1: exactly right. So so you're officially invited back. Okay. And if you like more of, um, if you want more of Elizabeth, if you like what you're hearing, please uh, subscribe, like us, comment us, uh, and and join us next time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Elizabeth. You bet. Thank you, Nicole.
0: Thanks for joining us at The Preventable, brought to you ad-free by prevent Ed. prevent Ed works to reduce or prevent the harms of alcohol and other drug use through education, intervention, and advocacy. Please visit their website at PreventEd.org. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date with what we are serving on The Preventable.